Can you believe it? We're at week 13 in the National Football League. Yes, there's a lot of action going on on the field. There's also a lot of action off the field. To go through that, we go to our man, RJ Ochoa from SB Nation. And it's great to have him on the line from Texas, leading up to a big game for the Dallas Cowboys. G'day, RJ. G'day, Jimmy. Happy belated Thanksgiving. I know that that matters uh, a great deal to all Australians. Uh, we're still kind of coming down from all the tryptophan in our systems, and uh, we're back again for another Thursday Dallas Cowboys game. Uh, it does mean a lot in this household, given the fact I'm married to an American. So, uh, yes, we did celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, just before we get to this week and, and the things that have happened, um, I think we, we look at the, the, the games, yes, um, big surprise there with Green Bay and um, with their win over Detroit. But just the the engagement on that day, I think it was 34 million people watching that early game and then you keep adding after that. It's just extraordinary, RJ. And the beauty of it is it keeps growing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably the most American holiday that there is, um, given that it, it, it applies only to the United States, uh, except for, you know, the, the great Australians. Um, and uh, so the day is, is really synonymous with football. Um, just from personal experience, as, as somebody who grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan, it's something that's always a part of your life. Um, yep. You know, if you root for the Pittsburgh Steelers or something like that, maybe your team plays on the day occasionally. Uh, but our mealtime, and now given what I do for a living, but um, has always been structured around the Cowboys game. And uh, it is, in case anybody's unaware, it is annually the most watched game outside of the Super Bowl. I mean, it is a, a massive, massive number, uh, particularly the Cowboys game, but to your point, even the early and the late one as well. Yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. All right, um, let's get to some off-field action. Frank Reich has been sacked by the Carolina Panthers. We heard from the owner, Dave Tepper, in a press conference that didn't seem to go anywhere and maybe pull back the curtain on some of the things that are a little dysfunctional there at Carolina. What did you make of that? And do you get the sense that we ain't done yet when it comes to head coaches um, losing their jobs for this season? Yeah, I mean, I'm a really big fan of Frank Reich, the human being. Um, but it, I mean, he's the only head coach to ever be fired midseason and back-to-back years. And so, yeah. uh, while I completely agree that there's a there's a mess going on in Carolina, I, you know, it's hard to argue that that Frank Reich was doing a poor job. Um, and so, I, I don't know how you can feel great about anything if you're a Panthers fan right now, uh, given the fact that they're now obviously looking for a head coach. They have an owner who is particularly meddlesome and particularly awkward. To your point in the press conference this week. They have the reigning number one overall pick who looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in his draft class. And they lament the fact that, you know, they didn't take C.J. Stroud. Um, and to your point, I do think there are going to be a lot of head coach openings this offseason. Obviously, the Raiders already have one. You can make an argument for the Bears. You can make an argument for the Patriots if they decide to kind of hit the restart button. You can make an argument for the Bills if things continue to fall apart. You can make an argument for the entire NFC South for the Washington Commanders, maybe the New York Giants if things go particularly awry. I mean, it, it could be double digits. And so if you're the hottest name on the block, why would you go to Carolina when you have all these issues where other teams might have more advantageous opportunities? Is Brandon Staley, you didn't mention charges. Is, is that another uh, chance? Yeah, I would certainly say so. I mean, I think if um, – I don't know what your odds are, but I bet he's probably the, got the, the lowest odds or best odds, I should say. Uh, to be the next head coach fired midseason, maybe he makes it, you know, to the end of things here. Um, but, but I, you know, th- there are different levels of chaos happening, and Brandon Staley is kind of alone in that he's wasting a generational quarterback. That isn't necessarily happening in Carolina. Uh, you could argue it kind of is in Buffalo, 
but, you know, the fact that Justin Herbert is so, you know, extraordinarily talented and that the Chargers are what they are, I agree with you. And that might be the hottest job. You could, you know, as somebody who's tracked Dan Quinn over the last few years and all the interviews he's taken, a lot of people believe he's waiting out Pete Carroll to retire. Incidentally, obviously, the Cowboys played the Seahawks tonight uh, to go take over the Seahawks, the team he was the defensive coordinator of when they won the Super Bowl 10 years ago. So um, there's always those potential surprises lurking around the corner as well. Uh, but on the surface, it does seem like the Chargers might be the uh, the dream job for anybody looking for one. Is the interesting part about this too is Jim Harbaugh, right? So he's having incredible success with Michigan. We know that he can do it at NFL level, having taken the 49ers to a to a Super Bowl, and then he's probably the hottest ticket in town. However, there's a question mark around that with the um, sign stealing and and all this sort of stuff, which just you know everyone's got their opinion on Jim Harbaugh. I don't think there's any doubt that he can coach. Do you see him back in the NFL in the next well year, couple of years? You know, it seems like he really wants it. Um, it was about a year ago, not quite, but um, where he, or two years ago, I, I guess, when he sort of submitted himself for the then vacant Minnesota Vikings job, um, the, 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 you know, the job that went to Kevin O'Connell. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, these, these college football scandals are always so interesting. And I, I don't know your exact thoughts, but I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated as a Houston Astros fan. I would love to see everybody kind of turn on Michigan at this point, but um, <laughs> it does kind of feel like a, uh, a, where there's smoke, there's fire kind of thing. It does feel, you know, last week we got a little bit more, like we might get some more to this obviously in the off season. And I mentioned Pete Carroll. He was somebody who, who got out of USC right before all the sanctions came down. Um, and so if an NFL team will have him, it, it certainly makes sense for Jim Harbaugh. Plus, you know, Jim Harbaugh likes to be a character and likes to be the yep. center of attention. The NFL, you talked about it. I mean, the stage that it offers, his brother's still there, obviously. Um, it makes sense. And um, especially if he's able to take Michigan to a national title this year, I mean, what better way to leave Ann Arbor? Even if all the sanctions do come down, you did what you came to do, you returned home, you brought a title, now you move on to greener pastures. Uh, just on to last week's games, was there anything stand out? I, I ended up watching that um, Bills v. Eagles game. What? crazy crazy game again and and talk about generational talents like josh allen is there and you're like man you are playing so well that is extraordinary some of the things you did in that game and yet you still lost yeah that was um happening while we were hanging the christmas decorations in my house and so it was hard to feel jolly uh with the (laughs) eagles surviving again um it's you know the, the bills are kind of the bizarro eagles i think and that you can you can really I don't want to say easily and sound like a hater, but you can kind of easily poke holes in the Eagles season. And a lot of teams or a lot of people, excuse me, have done that, have, have kind of showed the areas that they're flawed, how these advanced metrics don't necessarily support, you know, what a 10 and one record would imply. Whereas the Bills, they're six and six and they have all these incredible statistics and, you know, data points that suggest they should be a better team. Uh, but they just the, the Eagles kind of find a way to win. The Bills always find the way to lose. Um, and you can argue taking a knee at the end of regulation. You can argue burning the timeout to try to ice Jake Elliott. There were all these moves that you just kind of questioned Sean McDermott on, and um, because of how talented they are, it's difficult to write them off. The Von Miller story today certainly isn't a good thing. Um, that was, you know, without question, a really exciting game, um, but I was also, you know, also around the NFL kind of intrigued by the Rams, um, if I'm being honest, because it seems like they might still be in the mix um, I'm not a big fan of Sean McVay, but I might have to give him some credit as somebody who can scrap it together with spare parts. Now, um, 
take this the right way, and given the big win from last week, I've started calling the Dallas Cowboys the flat track bullies, which means they're happy to beat up on people lower than them. But when it comes to the guys on their level or maybe a little higher, they, they struggle a little. I think they get it done against the, the Seahawks. But is that fair comment? As a fan, do you, do you take umbrage at that, RJ? I mean, you know, in a literal sense, it's difficult to argue that point. Um, you know, I, the line I've kind of been using is, wow, Jimmy, they, they lost to two of the best teams in the NFL. What a shock. Like, this never happens. You know, like, how dare they? <laughs> and for that matter, you know, those two teams are going to play each other on Sunday, San Francisco and Philadelphia. Are we going to sit here and say the loser sucks because they can't beat the other team? Um, I think the Cowboys are taking care of business, obviously, uh, against, you know, some of the underwhelming teams in the NFL. And they almost beat the – look, the, they had no chance in that Niners game. You and I talked after that. They deserved to be lambasted after that. But they they almost won that Eagles game, and they were arguably the better team. Um, this does, though, this game tonight begin a stretch where they will either prove themselves to the national and worldwide media or they will live up to a lot of people's kind of thoughts about them because Seattle uh, is a team above 500. If Dallas beats them, they will be 500 precisely. Uh, but then you get Philly at home, Buffalo, Miami – Detroit at home, the night Jimmy Johnson's going into the ring of honor. So um, th- this next week and change is, um, is going to solve a lot of arguments one way or another. So you see them winning today? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're eight and a half, nine, again, depending on where you look, point favorites. And, you know, it's, it sounds like it sounds so simple, you know, to your point, like, oh, just go be the flat track bullies. Just go crush these loser teams. Well, if it is, then, then why aren't other NFL teams doing it? Why isn't everybody winning 45 to 10? or 49 to 10. I mean, if it's really that simple, um, you know, it's been interesting to see Dak Prescott kind of garner a little bit more love and attention this week from national and worldwide media, but it does feel like people are still slow to give Mike McCarthy any semblance of credit. The Cowboys have become a team that does beat up on the bad teams, that stacks together those wins, that defends home field. They have won 13 games in a row in their building where they'll play tonight that generally beats their divisional opponents. Those are all hallmark qualities of elite teams because, you know, point me in the direction of the NFL team that has beaten nothing but juggernauts to this point. You can't. I mean, you know, this is an argument that gets made specifically for them because of who they are. Okay. So uh, we didn't get you last week. We got you the week before, and all credit to you. Vikings plus two and a half against the Broncos from week 11. Yes, they lost 21-20, but you got the cash. So well done, you. You, I mean, that's what you do, right? So uh, where are you taking us this week? What, what should we be looking at? Well, despite the fact that the Broncos have, I think, um, taken away a lot of our joke material with how <laughs> soundly they've played, um, I'm, I'm going to pick on them again because, I mean, again, I'm assuming your line is three and a half as the Texans are laying. Yes. Um, CJ Stroud coming off of a you know, gut-wrenching loss for the first time in his career. Uh, he's easy to bet on right now. It's at home for Houston. Uh, I imagine they're going to put up a lot of points. And, and Denver, despite all the winning, is still really not capable of that. So um, I like the little brothers inside of the Lone Star State this week. Okay, so the Houston Texans, $1.55 head-to-head. The line is 3 and a half, and that's out to $2.01. So that's going against the market, but that's all right. Where When everyone says to zig, that's when you zag. Uh, Jay? Sometimes you got to pee into the wind, Jay. I mean, you know, you got to live a little. <laughs> That's exactly. I'm not sure peeing into the wind is living, but anyway, each to their own. Each to their own, RJ. As always, outstanding. Enjoy your Cowboys game tonight, mate. Appreciate it, Jimmy.